You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Whole bunch to do on this jam-packed Thursday edition. So let's roll the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. We've done it again. Like Cal Ripken Jr., just banging them out every single day. So we will uh, get to that in a little bit. And the topic there is the New York Giants. And they are the topic that we will start with today as well. Today, big day. Giants made it official yesterday. Yes, Joe Judge is their new head coach. 38-year-old, going to be introduced at a press conference this afternoon at 2 o'clock. And look, the good news is, no matter how you feel about the hiring, The positive, if you're looking to look on the bright side, your New Year's resolution for 2020 was to be uh, more of a positive thinker, is even before the press conference takes place, I know this, it almost certainly has to go better than a lot of the press conferences that have taken place here recently. Two jump to mind immediately, and probably do for you as well. Adam Gase's press conference, where nobody was really a big fan of the move all that much. But that press conference took place, and everyone came away not saying, hey, I like this hire, I don't like this hire, as much as they did, saying, what is going on with that dude's eyes? Forget about winning the press conference or losing the press conference either. You don't want to be memed out of the press conference. You don't want the press conference to end and the memes around social media have already started. Watching floating tacos go by. That's not a good sign. Then, of course, if you cast your mind back even further and more directly with the New York Giants, you had Ben McAdoo. Remember when he was officially introduced and he showed up in that suit that was five sizes too big? That was the talk. It wasn't anything really about him or coaching or anything else. Everybody just couldn't get over that this guy showed up looking like that. It's kind of hard to believe he left the house looking like that, never mind that he got introduced as the new head coach of the Giants, looking like he was the lead singer of Talking Heads. Or he was uh, Tom Hanks when he transfers back into a 12-year-old boy in big. was not a good look. So the bar, I know it's a popular thing now to say to win the press conference. The bar to win the press conference around here is pretty low. The other piece of good news that I would give you if I'm looking on the positive side is keep in mind, no matter how today goes at 2 o'clock when Joe Judge is introduced, keep in mind it doesn't really matter. Now, that's not to say that it won't seem like it matters. At this time tomorrow, I'm sure we will be talking about the reaction to Joe Judge's press conference, but it doesn't really matter. Nobody really knows anything about Joe Judge, so your entire impression of the guy is riding on today. So it will seem like it matters. All the evidence you have about this guy will come up today in the press conference. And I'm sure if he conducts himself in a professional way and he uses some uh, NFL cliches, I'm sure, as if you're a Giant fan, you'll be able to buy into the guy. Hey, you know what? I kind of like that. He's direct. He's... 
These are no-nonsense kind of guys you keep hearing. And I guess there is something riding on the impression you get from him based on the fact that the Giants, according to all reports, were blown away by this guy. This guy's personality and and drive and, and coaching acumen, I guess, is so strong that they were blown away according to all reports. So let's find out what blew them away. I would think if he went into this this interview process and was so impressive, some of that will translate to the press conference today. Now, I don't really think that passes the smell test, but I'm willing to leave my mind open to see how it goes. But I would simply wonder, how is he so impressive that A, you still planned to meet with Matt Rule. Now, maybe that was just doing your due diligence. But it wasn't like this guy was so amazing that you said, you know what? Cancel all the other interviews. This is our guy. And B, you interviewed him, but yet still requested permission to meet with Jason Garrett. How how impressive could he possibly have been if you came out of it and said, you know what? Let's still talk to Jason Garrett. And when the move was a, a, a first floated out there, it wasn't official until yesterday, but when it was first floated out there that Joe Judge was going to be the Jets head coach, or the Giants head coach, the impression was, well, they want to talk to Jason Garrett to be their offensive coordinator. Well, that apparently is not the case. It was to interview him about the head coaching job. And the other thing you really can't avoid, and it has really nothing to do with Joe Judge as much as it does the current regime, the ownership, Dave Gettleman. The Giants have admitted that they've gotten it wrong with their last two coaching hires, right? You can't have a third press conference for a coach in four years and make the argument that the last two you got right. And you would have to say that the hiring of Judge is certainly the riskiest hiring that they've had here recently since Tom Coughlin has taken off. Now, that doesn't mean that it's wrong, but it certainly is far more risky than the other two, and the other two were disasters. But with the benefit of hindsight, we know that Ben McAdoo was a disaster, but at least McAdoo was on the staff. He was the guy that you identified, your hand-picked successor to Tom Coughlin. He was a coach in waiting. From the moment he came from Green Bay, everybody was pointing to Ben McAdoo. Now, we didn't know when it was going to happen, but everyone was pointing at Ben McAdoo. He's going to eventually be the Giants coach, and he was in demand. The Eagles were hoping to hire him. He was a name that had been floated around coaching circles before. So he was he was not a risky hire outside of the fact he had never been a head coach before. But if it wasn't the Giants, he was going to get a coaching job someplace. I, I don't know that that was necessarily the case with Joe Judge. That's what the Giants will tell you. That's what plenty of former Giants, boy, they got some guys out there yesterday Certainly uh, touting the company line, I'll tell you that. And then for Shermer, yeah, he had a terrible record in Cleveland. 
but he was a longtime coordinator with a history of success in that position, second go-round. Now, I don't remember anyone saying that they really loved the hiring at the time, but it was at least kind of understandable, and it didn't work. He was not good, and the team was terrible. But there's a couple of things that I'm already, even though the press conference has not happened today, hopefully we can get past both of these things. One we touched on yesterday, one we did not. Can we stop with the comparisons to John Harbaugh? I get they're both special teams guys. I get that special team guys, they talk to the entire team. They're the only person outside of the head coach that talks to the entire team. All right, I got it. That's great. And it's almost like last year, the narrative that was going around was, hey, more coaches should be hired that are assistant head coaches because that's a real fast track to success in the NFL. I know Brian Flores was the assistant head coach with the Patriots. There was another person that got hired. It was an assistant head coach. Now this year, the narrative is special teams guys should be tapped more often. Well, we'll see if Joe Judge comes in. And turns out to really help the Giants turn things around. Maybe that's the case. If he doesn't, I'm guessing that narrative will go out the window pretty quickly. But Harbaugh went to an organization that was one year removed from going 11-5. and five. He was significantly older. He's 45 years old. And he, unlike Judge, had interviewed for lots of other openings. He had interviewed for the UCLA job. He had interviewed with the Dolphins. He had interviewed with other teams. So let's stop making that direct comparison. Just because it's worked one time doesn't mean it's going to work every time. Depends on who the guy is. Depends on what the situation is. And really, if you want to be fair, I think a lot of things are out of the control of Joe Judge. Because unless the Giants get significantly better talent-wise, it's probably not going to matter all that much. Certainly not for a first-time head coach. The other thing... We didn't say this yesterday. I should have. This story, well, you know what? Bill Belichick gave him a ringing endorsement. But what What do you think he's going to say? This guy's terrible? This guy stinks? Stay away from this guy? He's a guy on his staff. I would think that anybody you have on your staff and have had on your staff for a few years, you'd like to see them do well. And actually, part of me feels like the evil Belichick that if he was really all that good, Belichick probably would have told you, you know what, don't hire this guy because I want to keep him. Now, he wouldn't have told you, I want to keep him. He would have just told you, don't hire this guy. He's not ready yet. Allowing him to keep him because he was that essential. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. And our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is all about the Giants set to introduce Joe Judge as their new head coach today. And the poll question is, is this the riskiest decision that Dave Gettleman has made in his time as GM? Your options are hell yeah or heavens no. I would have to, I think I have to say hell yeah. You, I mean, when you look at the risky, I mean, I guess you could kind of, if you go through every single decision, there's plenty that don't make sense. When they signed Nate Soldier to that deal, nobody would have told you before they signed him to that deal that he was a top 10 left tackle, never mind the highest pay, deserved to be the highest paid guy. But at the time, it, I don't think it was risky because they knew they had to improve the offensive line. And he, was the, he wasn't their first choice, 
Andrew Norwell was their first choice, but he went someplace. What did he go, Jacksonville? So they avoided paying him the money. So they gave it to Nate Solder just to improve the offensive line, which was a clearing, glaring need at the time. And Nate Solder at least was a professional player that was going to cash in, maybe not to the extent the Giants clearly gave him, and certainly was not worth the money. But I don't think that that was a riskier decision than the one they're making right now. Everyone will tell you that Joe Judge was on this fast track, and maybe in time he would have gotten a head coaching job in the NFL. But these things tend to change very quickly. And I think that's probably would have been the case here as well. So I don't think that that was the riskiest decision. You could look back to going with Saquon Barkley over Sam Darnold, but I think... Well, I don't. I didn't agree with the decision at the time. If I had to do it over again, I would still make the same decision and going with Darnold over um, over Barkley. But Barkley has been a good player in his two seasons. First season, he was great. Last year, he was hurt. So I don't think that that was really a as risky a decision. This one here is completely outside the box from an organization that has already gotten it wrong twice, and it's not like anybody else. Maybe Mississippi State was rushing to give Joe Judge the the job, and maybe being outside the box for if you're getting all your decisions wrong, which the Giants have primarily done here over the last four years, maybe going outside the box is the right way to go. Maybe they'll they'll fall rear end backwards into uh, making the right decision for a change, almost like George Costanza. When if all his decisions are wrong, the opposite would have to be right. So I'm not going to tell you I know how Joe Judge is going to be, but in terms of a risky decision, when you had the option of going out and getting somebody that you know when they walked in the building, they can do the job in both Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy. And you go with a guy who's never been a head coach anywhere before and wasn't certainly wasn't going to be a head, if you didn't give him a head coaching job he was not going to be a head coach in the NFL next season you were the only one who identified him in that way that to me makes this yeah absolutely this is the riskiest decision because i'll say this as well and maybe there's a part of you that is also thinking this if dave gettleman turns out to get this one wrong well this will be one of the last decisions he makes i think that one's pretty clear that's not going out on the limb. All right, let's get some calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Anthony is in Queens. Anthony, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon. How you doing, man? Good morning. Uh, I'm just calling in. You know, before they hired Joe Judge, I had never heard of him uh, but until the day before. However, if he shows up to the press conference in a suit that fits, unlike McAdoo, <laughs> right. and uh, he shows any ounce of passion or fire, unlike Shermer, who had the personality of a tree, um, I'd be happy. You know, compared to the last two guys, I mean, what do we have to lose at this point, you know? Thanks yeah. for taking my call. All right. Thanks for making it, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, look, the, as I said, the bar to be a successful press conference today is not very high. As long as he doesn't do anything weird with his eyes, he has clothes that fit, he shows you any passion at all, uh, based on what you've gotten here the last few years, yeah, it's it's going to seem... It's going to seem pretty good. And the fact that he's such a blank slate for fans, right? You, uh, Anthony admits it. I, I would admit it, too. Until the Giants had interviewed him and he was on a list, I had never heard the name Joe Judge before. So you're going to base 
your perception of him as a head coach, not on whether or not he can do the job or based whether or not on his resume or anything like that. It's going to be, I think, a lot on, on what his performance is today, right or wrong. His performance today will not matter at all in terms of his actual coaching performance, but we can't get to that yet. we got a whole offseason to go. But I'm sure that they will uh, – I'm sure that the Giants will give you all the positive things because that's what you do at a press conference. But they had plenty of positive things to say about Ben McAdoo at a time. They had plenty of positive things to say about Pat Shermer a couple of years ago. Didn't turn out to be the case. Let's go out to Max in Brooklyn. Max, what's going on? You know, I really look at this hire as what what's around them. And what I mean by that is you look at Mike McCarthy. He's obviously won a Super Bowl. You know Dallas has all the talent in the world. Ron Rivera is a proven coach. So really he's competing in two teams. The reason I don't include the Eagles is because I said this before the season. Josh McCown, who's a 40-year-old backup, who's a terrible quarterback, lost to the Seahawks this playoffs, past playoffs, by only one score. What does that mean? Had Nick Foles played that game, they would have won. What did we all say going to the season? I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you know that? Because Josh McCown, who is one of the worst quarterbacks statistically in NFL history. Yeah, obviously. And Nick Foles has the highest passer rating in NFL playoff history. Yeah, it's pretty safe to say a guy who beat Bill Belichick in the biggest they, game. They, Max, they were never going to be able to keep Nick Foles. Nick Foles got a contract for $80 million. I understand that. But the contract that they gave to Carson Wentz, where did that lead them? Once again, zero playoff wins for Carson Wentz. What I mean by that is had Nick Foles played all right, Max, year. Max, it's over. It's all, Nick Foles is not the quarterback there anymore. Oh, my God. Talk about holding on to something. Jesus. Nick Foles did a, a great job, won a Super Bowl, fantastic. They couldn't keep him and Carson Wentz. Max, I think, is the guy that just has it out for Carson Wentz. So, has nothing to do. How, how does that tie into the New York Giants? Talk about doing yoga to be able to stretch to get into that position. Jeez Louise. 1-800-919-ESP. I don't know why I'm giving out the phone number. Maybe we should stop taking calls after that. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Before we go back to the phones, I did want to touch on the baseball stuff because we're going to do headlines in the next segment. Didn't do it yesterday. Two things. We uh, we kind of gave it the short shift yesterday. The Red Sox story that has popped up here, that they were actually using their video room during games. You're not allowed to do that. And then the expected announcement at some point here over the next couple of weeks that the Astros' punishment will be officially handed down. Well, first off, one thing that you have to say right off the bat, based on the story that they that's out there about the Red Sox. To me, what they were doing, using the video room, even though they weren't really supposed to be using it, is in no I mean it's it's kind of in the same church, but it's not clearly not the same it's definitely the wrong pew, that's for sure. I don't even know that I would necessarily get all that worked up about what the story is. And had it been the first time that the Red Sox had been caught doing something like that, I would think that, and I would recommend that the punishment kind of be minimal. I don't really look at that as hardcore cheating. Certainly not to the level that the Astros did. Now, I do find it kind of hard to believe that the Red Sox used this during the regular season but since the video rooms weren't available to them, I guess, in the postseason, that they, they didn't use that in the postseason in 2018. I mean, if you're, if you're willing to cheat at one point, I, I guess that you're probably trying to find every avenue you can to cheat. 
But this is not the first time that the Red Sox have been caught. They got caught in 2017 with the Apple Watches. And Major League Baseball whiffed at the time with their punishment. Red Sox then, after the 2017 season, went out and got a new manager. Just so happened to be the guy who was uh, with the uh, the Astros. Hmm, wow, what a, what a weird thing. Guy who came in from the Astros, who helped, by all accounts, put together their cheating program, came to the Red Sox, and look at that, the Red Sox were cheating again. So the fact that the Red Sox got caught once, were warned by Major League Baseball, if you or anyone does anything similar to this, the next time it is going to be severe. So even though what the actual accusation is, I don't think is that serious, it would not really bother me if any team was was doing that that much. But they had been warned. They had already been warned. And they had changed managers, which at least to me says that this is a pretty endemic problem either A, within Major League Baseball, or certainly with the Red Sox. You were cheating, warned, cheat again. So how you're going to be able, Major League Baseball is, to wiggle their way without really handing down any significant punishment, talk about yoga, you're going to be really doing some stretching there because I don't expect that baseball will hammer the Red Sox, even though it's the second time they've been caught, and even though they said, Major League Baseball said, You do anything similar to this again, we're going to really hammer you the next time. I don't expect that they're going to get hammered. And and a lot of that has to do with the reports coming down about what the Astros' punishment will be. Now, we don't know what it will be. And sometimes, because it's so up in the air, maybe these reports will all turn out to be wrong. But just perusing the story the other day from Jeff Passan, about what the expected punishment, the areas of the punishment will be. I think I can say this. If it's anything close to what is being reported, it's not some huge surprise that's completely different. It will be that the Astros' crime will be completely worth it. A hundred percent. Because if you looked at that story, the words that jumped out to you were a massive fine. What kind of fine would you give? What kind of, if we ran a poll question, hey, the Yankees win the World Series, but have to pay a record fine because they cheated their way to it. Would you be okay with that? A hundred percent of people would say, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Just win the World Series. They won the World Series. You'd have to think at least based somewhat on the fact that they were cheating. So if it is a fine, if it is a loss of draft picks, if it's just simply a suspension for either A.J. Hensher or Jeff Lunau, the crime will have been completely worth it. And it certainly seems like that for Major League Baseball, and again, when the punishment is actually known, I may change my mind. But at least as things stand right now, it certainly seems like Major League Baseball will come down far harder on Domingo Herman than a team that clearly cheated their way to a World Series. What World Series? The only World Series that they've ever won, despite the fact that they were already warned that if anyone does this again, the punishment will be grave.
and yet we're talking about a fine draft picks and maybe a suspension. Not even for the players. I said at the time when it first popped up, we are all going to be disappointed in this punishment, whatever it will turn out to be. And at least as things are lined up right now, it looks like I'm going to be 100% right. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Christie kicks it high and short. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Yeah, Fishes it, it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50, He's got 40, it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got it. End zone. Touchdown Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. All right. So 20 years ago yesterday, Music City Miracle. Another tough playoff loss for the Buffalo Bills. You know, we were sitting around the dinner table last night, and my son shocked me because he actually asked me, he's like, how's Omar doing? I said, what? How do you even know who Omar is? So apparently he was listening on Saturday, heard Omar. He's a, he's a big Omar fan. I'm a big Omar fan. I don't think we're going to be hearing from Omar anytime soon, not after that. He was very, on Saturday, Brian is the producer of the weekday show, but on Saturday he's he's off. Yeah, he was uh, he was very subdued, but very confident. I'm surprised he hasn't Bills. called yet. No, I, you don't I, think he's going to call anytime soon. His general trends are <laughs> when he makes a big prediction like that, you don't hear from him for a couple of weeks. He eventually recovers. He eventually rebounds, but uh, yeah, you don't usually hear. So from maybe him two for, weeks time. Yeah, probably it's going to be a little while. I would say if the Knicks ever are able to go on a winning streak again, and he's allowed to be optimistic about something. That was one we'll probably hear from him again. But right now, it's a Thursday morning. We didn't get to do it yesterday because of all the Giants news. But today, it's time for headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. All right, let's run through them. A lot of headlines because we haven't been really doing them in the last couple of weeks because the holidays and New Year's. First story, Mississippi men arrested for gluing winning numbers to lottery tickets. Two guys, not one. They needed two guys to put this scam together. They found the two guys who thought that this was a good idea. Like one guy came up with it, floated the idea to the other. I don't think they'll ever catch us. We'll just glue the numbers to the lottery. You go to jail for that? I guess it is fraud. But I would figure you would just be laughed out of the 7-Eleven when you bring your... You realize there's a scan code on there and it can tell you whether or not... Gluing the numbers... That is not going, that is not exactly a foolproof, not exactly Ocean's Eleven type planning. Extra, extra. Texas man assaults girlfriend who complained about his horrible fart. Now, we don't know if it was smell or the volume, so the details are still a little sketchy. Apparently, he was not a big fan of the uh, whoever smelt it Delta defense. It's surprising to me that Florida guy is in uh, Texas, and apparently he's not a big Dutch oven fan. Either. Extra, extra. How this mom lost 140 pounds on the keto diet. Well, I think I gave, I think he gave it away. She went on a diet. She lost extra, 140 extra. pounds. Apparently it was a very successful diet. Good for her. High Times may focus on cannabis distribution under new CEO. Well, it's High Times. Of course they're going to focus on cannabis distribution. What do you think they were going to focus on? Men's fashions? Entertainment news? No, extra, it's going to be about extra. the weed. Astrophysicist claims to have built a time machine. Well, why is this the first we're hearing about it? 
Why didn't we hear about this in 1998? You built a time machine. There's no way that time travel is possible because there's no one here right now who's time traveling. If time travel were possible, why do we think that this is the only present that there could be? If somebody had been able to come up with time travel, we would have heard about it by now. Because they'd be able to time travel. So if you got a time machine, go tell Napoleon. Extra, extra. Instagram obsessed tourists are reportedly overwhelming a village that inspired the movie Frozen. And here you thought that song Let It Go was annoying. Uh, You got all those Instagram obsessed tourists. That will really ruin your day. This week in Florida, man. Oh, my God. There are a lot of Florida man stories. All right, let's run through them. Florida man awakes to find strangers sucking his toes. Extra, extra. Florida man calls police after hearing cries of a woman screaming, let me out, let me out. Turns out it was his neighbor's parrot. Extra, extra. Florida man arrested for fighting a gas pump. Extra, extra. You're not allowed to do that? What? What's the crime there? Assault of a gas pump? Florida man drives truck into a bar to get a Dr. Pepper. Extra, extra. Florida man hospitalized after blowing off his hand with fireworks inside his truck. Extra, extra. Florida man hospitalized uh, with self-inflicted gun wounds after taking part in uh, celebratory uh, gunfire. Extra, extra. He was uh, celebrating New Year's, firing off a gun, and then ended up... When the bullet goes up, people, the bullet has to eventually go down. It doesn't go up into the air and then just disappear. It comes back down. It's dangerous. Florida man exposes himself, slaps his own butt cheeks in front of children during an argument. Extra, extra. That's a strong point to make during the argument. Was it the guy who was always complaining about Nick Foles not being on the Eagles anymore? Maybe that's maybe that's the route he has to go with. Extra, extra. Florida man arrested after neighbor complains over the volume of his lawnmower. How how loud is your lawnmower that the neighbors are complaining about the, the volume? Did I hit it? Florida man passes out free marijuana because, according to him, quote, it's Christmas. And then finally, Florida woman arrested after threatening to get McDonald's sauce by, quote, any means necessary. All right, it's going to do it for headlines for today. A jam-packed Florida man who's who's almost overtaking the rest of headlines. Like, Florida man started out as a little addendum to headlines, but now it's almost like Florida man updates there's just so many of them that state is just every out of single control. day out of control all right coming up back to the phones 1-800-919-ESPN I know a lot of people want to get in on the Astros and the Red Sox stuff Joe Judge so we'll get into all that next now back to the Gordon Damer show on 98.7 ESPN we spent a good portion of the day today talking about the Giants focusing on Joe Judge he's going to be their next head coach in their press conference set for two o'clock this afternoon that ties into our poll question for today, which is, is this the riskiest decision that Dave Gettleman has made in his time as GM of the Giants? I think it clearly is. While he's made plenty of wrong decisions, you can tie each one of them that if the Giants didn't make that decision, somebody else would have. Joe Judge, while he might have eventually become a head coach in the NFL, he was not going to become a head coach at this point, at the age of 38. Never been a coordinator. It's all well and good that he was with New England. He's worked with Saban. He's worked with Belichick. Nobody else was going to be making that leap anytime soon outside of Mississippi State. So I think, yeah, this is clearly the riskiest decision that Dave Gettleman has made. 
And if you're someone who is, at this point is just kind of resigned to the fact that Gettleman's here and, and you wanted him out, I think clearly if he doesn't if he doesn't get this one right, it's going to be one of the last decisions that he makes. It's certainly he's not going to get a chance to make another coaching change. I can tell you that right now. Okay. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Also, the Red Sox, the Astros stories, of baseball. So let's get to the phones here. Let's go to uh, Marcus in South Jersey. Marcus, what's going on, man? Not bad, Gordon. I want to recount on that uh, all those Florida stories. Buddy. There were a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of them there, man. I, I have to cut them down. Some of them don't pass the, you know, the, the, the standards of uh, uh, of the radio station. So that's just the ones I can use. Listen, I don't know if I ever said before, but maybe Joe Judge is related to Aaron Judge. The fact that, uh, you know, as an Eagle fan, the Giants continue to do things that scratch your head. And the only thing that would make it, I guess, worse for you guys up there in New York, but better for us, is if they bring in Jason Garrett this way, you know Saquon Barkley is not going to get the ball like he should, as they didn't get the guy. I mean, the Zeke uh, throughout the season, they kept passing the ball, putting a lot on deck. And, I, you know, I just don't understand. The, the Knicks are, are bad, the, uh, the Mets are whatever they are. And the Giants are looking for almost like we want to be the worst team. We want to make the craziest decisions. And the things that you said before about Gettleman, I, I don't understand how he still is, uh, is working up there. Oh, look, I mean, he's only been on the job two years. You generally have to give a GM, especially one who came into a rebuild, more time than two years. If you constantly change the GM every two years, even despite the fact that the track record doesn't look great right now, uh, I get that part of it. I can also understand the other part of fans who, who who wanted a clean break because now you're going to be in a situation where it, I don't expect the Giants are all going to sudden jump up and be a 10-win team next year. So you're still talking about rebuilding, and then you're going to be into year three and uh, you're not feeling all that great about the direction of the franchise. I, th- to me, if they could get Jason Garrett to be the offensive coordinator, I actually think that that would be a good move. He's a guy who has experience play-calling, I think that he would be, I don't think he's a good head coach, but in terms of just an offensive play caller and, and, and a guy you can rely on who has experience, almost like the, um, almost like the Rams had with Wade Phillips, you know, bringing in Wade Phillips, a guy who's been around the block a time or two, and you can kind of rely on a guy who had been a head coach before, and you could have Sean McVay rely on in big moments or whatnot in terms of experience. I don't think that that would be that bad of a job. And also, I kind of like the fact, I don't know who they're going to go out and get in terms of an offensive coordinator. Maybe they go out and get a a more a younger name, a, a trendier name. I want somebody who's going to be here for the long haul. And I don't know. I know Jason Garrett just got done being a head coach. I don't know that Jason Garrett's going to get another head coaching job. So to me, it feels like that would be a good move, a good direction to go because you know at least for the next couple of years, you'd certainly think that he's going to be here and you have a little bit of continuity rather than going out and getting some young, hot assistant that's going to be, if he comes in and does a great job, then it turns out you're going to lose him to him going to become a head coach. I'd almost rather have the the stability of somebody who's been around the block and I don't know whether or not Jason Garrett's going to get, who's rushing out to, to go get Jason Garrett? It's kind of hard to believe that anybody would be. Let's go out to uh, Brett Norwalk. Brett. Morning, Gordon. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I had a potential proposal for a penalty to the Houston Astros. Okay. Why not excess a 10- or 20-game penalty, which is imposed at the end of the regular season? So you subtract 10 or 20 games from whatever – 
their winning total is, and if they don't make the playoffs because of that, so be it. And because they have a track record or a pattern of cheating, make it consecutive years in addition to the fine that you're going to give them. Yeah, I mean, that just seems too far-fetched. This idea, and that was one of the things that I, why I said that people are going to end up being disappointed with whatever the punishment was. Part of it was because I had no faith in Major League Baseball, but also part of it was that fans were coming up with the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. I've heard people spend time, and they've apparently thought this out, and thought it was a good idea, where they should have to forfeit one out of every three games. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Or a postseason ban, as if they were playing in the Mountain West in college football. They're not going to be, baseball's not going to do that. There is realistic things that baseball could do that would be severe punishment. And to me, the place it has to begin is with taking the people who were in charge of the organization, who knew this was going on, and allowed it to go on, and benefited from it going on. And that would clearly be A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch has literally no believable defense for not knowing this was happening. There was a guy sitting just outside the dugout, banging on a garbage can. A.J. Hinch is in the dugout. There's no way, conceivable, you can come up with any defense whatsoever for how he would not know that was going on. So to allow him to simply serve a suspension of really any length, even if it were a year suspension, you're still going to be put that person right back into the job he had before. And the reward he got was a World Series title. That, to me, the punishment for that does not fit the crime. Same thing with Jeff Lunau. If they come down with some suspension for the GM Jeff Lunau, say it's even a year, which I, I at this point I'm not even expecting that. I, I expect it will be like, oh, 20 games or something ridiculous like that. The crime will have been completely worth it. Let's go out to Tyrone in the Meadowlands. Tyrone, what's going on? Yo, what's up, Gordon? Um, I just call. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm I'm a truck driver, but I, I like your show. Um, that guy Max, he calls the Philadelphia stations all the time, but his name is Alex in Philly, and he uh, always, okay. He's he's always trolling uh, Carson Wentz. So um, don't pay him no mind. Anyway, I would like to say that I think the Giants should have uh, hired somebody like Greg Roman or you know somebody that has experience and bring um, their defense was a problem. So bring somebody in like Wade Phillips. So the, uh, the NFC East could be better than it's ever been because, you know, I'm tired of being called the NFC East. Are, are you East. talking about as a head coach for Wade Phillips or are you talking about no, as no, a no, coordinator? No, 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 defensive coordinator. Yeah. Bring, in, bring in somebody like uh, Roman because he's a quarterback whisperer, quote, unquote. You know what I mean? So you got a, you got a, a new quarterback. You, got a, uh, you get a uh, guy like him in. And then, you you know, you use him and then bring Wade Phillips in to, 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 to shore up that defense and make the NFC uh, NFC East a better uh you know challenge this you know next year. Well, Greg Roman's already an offensive coordinator and he's and he's he's in Baltimore. So I, I would think that uh, he's not going to be going anywhere. I don't know what his contract situation is. Now, if you wanted to hire Greg Roman as the head coach, and it does kind of feel like that with the Giants, they wanted Matt Rule. They can they'll come out today and tell you that that's not the case. That does not seem believable. And keep in mind, you're with this move the Giants are asking you to trust them. But they're also the same organization who, during this year, that was miserable, that was over from basically when it started. 
who told you, no, the, the progress is happening behind the scenes. I'm sorry, I don't trust you anymore. So that's why I'm going to I'm going to judge this move through that prism. It's got Sal and Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, man? Quick. You know, Gordon, it's a me and my, my buddy Chris were talking about this. It's about time that baseball grows a set and, and does the right the right thing. You know, back in 1918, they banned Joe Jackson, who's a Hall of Famer, and he batted over 300 in that World Series. I don't think he even knew what he signed when they when they did that back then. But Alex Cora, he's out. He's, he, done, he did it twice. Yep, absolutely. Yep. No, I, Sal, we got to let you go because we're running out of time. No, I mean, this is this – is, it's clear. Baseball should come down. And you know what the problem is? If they don't come down hard this time, well, then that's telling every team, you know what? It's worth it. Go do it. We'll punish you maybe a little bit down the road, but if it ends up being successful, it will almost certainly have been worth the crime. All right, that's going to do it for today. Please vote in the poll question. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.